Welcome to Ride Home Reactions, the 20-minute show where we react to the movie we just saw. Why 20 minutes? Because that's how long it takes us to drive home. I'm David Els, video production guy for InTheCarMedia.com. And I am Jill Rogatti, theater lady from SoapAndRopeTheater.com. We saw a movie on our first date and liked talking about it together so much that we got married. Was it worth it? You decide! We just saw Love, Simon, and on the count of three, we'll give our one to ten review. One, one two, two, three, three seven. Six. You said six, I said seven. Correct as usual, King Friday. I, you know, I like it. I wanted to like it a lot more. Mm. Um, but I feel like the writing was so bad. Yeah. That I, I like, couldn't handle it. Yeah. <laughs> It's, which is really unfortunate, mm. I think. Because you'd think that there'd be a lot of people out there who could write a pretty decent, like, high school feel-good movie. But the dialogue was not realistic. And I feel like these poor actors had to be saying these lines that were very hard for them to say. Yeah. With any sort of genuine meaning. Yeah, I agree. I was getting really hung up on the script for the first half. Yeah. And I was not enjoying it at all. And I was won over by, I think, the performance of the lead. Uh-huh. He just made up for what I think was, yeah, pretty uh, a pretty bad impression of a John Hughes script. You know what I mean? Nope. What's a John Hughes script? John Hughes is the writer-director from Pretty in Pink. Oh, Sixteen yes. Candles. Right. Home Alone. Oh, <laughs> not, that would be so sad thing. to compare it to yeah. him. But, you know, he was the master of the the high school dra- drama. Sure. you know. Right, right. Um, and similar plot where there's like, basically like take a romantic comedy, but apply it to a group of friends. Yeah, yeah. None of the humor worked really. No. Um, which is, this movie was definitely banking on you finding a lot of the humorous characters in Deering, like Martin, the blackmailer, we're supposed to think is hilarious. Oh, yeah, he made me so uncomfortable. The the actor, as well as his dialogue, was not good. But yeah, again, despite that, despite me thinking, like, this is a bad impression of a John Hughes movie, uh, there was also a, a, like, You've Got Mail thing going, Mm -hmm. and I really enjoyed everything that you've you've got mail about. Yeah. (laughs) I enjoyed trying to figure out Who's the guy at the school? Yeah. I, I liked the email writing. Yeah, exactly. Like, the, the whoever wrote the script, they seemed to, like, do well in the email format. Yeah. And then maybe somebody else wrote all the actual dialogue. Right. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, yes, I agree with you. That was great. Like, any of the sort of, like, silly games that they'd play, I was just like, These, this, is not a, this is not a friendship. These are not real people. So it was frustrating to watch. Yeah, it's frustrating. I think you're, I think that's we're agreeing that its biggest fault was its lack of authenticity. Yeah, and that doesn't mean that it can't have it can't be stylized or that it has to be one hundred percent realism because there's lots of high school things that it's mm. heightened and you know the Breakfast Club or even Clueless. I would argue. Yeah, there's it's still. Uh, speaks to the authentic high school experience yeah. <laughs> in a way that this just didn't. But I, um, I'll i talk about things I liked. I also thought that actor did a pretty good job. I got, I cried. Although yeah, I, I was emotional. sure I wouldn't. But I did when his mother yeah. was talking to him. I thought that her monologue was 
great. Uh-huh. Um, so I enjoyed his parents a lot. I really appreciated, you know, after the two kind of bullies are up on the lunch table uh, making for fun of the two guys that they, you know, are their two classmates that they know are out. Um, and he's sitting with the other guy um, in the office, outside of the office. Yeah waiting to be apologized to which is right. you know, humiliating yeah. itself I really liked their interaction uh-huh. you know of him saying like it's it looked seemingly um, effortless for you to make that transition and, right. and him correcting him and saying no <laughs> there's nothing effortless about this you know and kind of being an example of Maybe my classmates are accepting me, but my parents and my family certainly aren't. Yeah. Um, which is kind of the opposite of Simon's right. um, experience. So, I don't know. I appreciated that. Yeah, and it just speaks to how we're all wearing a, a guise mm. of whatever makes us feel best. So, for him, it was being more flamboyant. For Simon, it was trying to seem as straight as possible. Mm-hmm. Well, just not wanting to admit it. Um, and, uh, you know, those are just two sides of the same coin. Right. Um, they don't necessarily mean anything about, you know, how gay you are. <laughs> yeah. It's purely just what's, what's the mechanism that's working for you, essentially. Right. right. <laughs> so that, I think that was an important point to get across. Yeah. There's no, like, there's no such thing as too gay or, or you're, you're not gay, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just different personalities, really. Um, so, yeah, that was a nice moment. There was a lot of really nice moments. There I, were, I found yeah. myself going like, Darn it, this is really good. Right, this is a good scene. Right. And so, fortunately, towards the end, there were more good scenes than bad ones. Yeah. I, one, one scene I really didn't enjoy that should have been way more, they really needed to nail this scene and they didn't, was when uh, the drama teacher who catches the guys making yeah, fun of him. right. Just like, that was just, it felt so uh, flat. Like, And they're like, you can't say that to us. And I'm like, yeah, he's kind of right. Like, you're calling them <laughs> Like, you would be no longer a teacher by the end of the day. You're making me get on my bleep button. Oh, sorry. (laughs) But it was in the... I'm quoting the movie. Okay, so the kids who are listening to this, whose parents have not taught them that word yet, they're just going to have to have this long conversation about what a... I'm not going to make myself... I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to... I'm going to have to bleep it. I'm going to have to bleep it twice. I'm bleeping it twice. David, I don't like it when you say that word. Well, I I bleeped it, so you didn't even hear it. What were you saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, she was not behaving in a, like... None of the teachers in that school were appropriate in any way. And I love the actor who's the principal. Tony Hale, yeah. But I didn't... I don't think he was given good lines. But that was, like... That was, again, the the John Hughes thing. Mm -hmm, In John Hughes mm -hmm. movies, all adults are idiots. Right. So they decided to make the... But they didn't do it well. They didn't give them good idiot roles to play. I did like that, the kind of the message of, you know, now that it's more of a, probably when we went to school, but even more so now for people who are in high school, it's a little more common for maybe your friend to come out to you or or for you to suspect that. And I think that this movie, in very broad strokes, but I think um, kind of emphasized how important it is for your straight friends not to make assumptions or try to push their friend in a direction you know as if oh they just need you know they just need a push to admit that or uh and how important it is to leave that be and Mm -hmm. let a person work that out yeah 
so I wanted to talk about how when this trailer was playing over movies for the past few months since yeah. we see a movie every week right that on two occasions if you didn't hear the episodes during the trailer section for movies one of them was Maze Runner I forget what the other one was but it was similar probably like blockbuster feeling movie there were people sitting near us who out loud kind of um jeered or scoffed at the idea of a gay movie. Yeah. One of them said, like, this democratic BS, which was a hilarious turn of phrase. But uh, another person... He was the just, loudest. He wanted to be heard by the entire theater. Yeah. The other person just kind of had a more... Um, couldn't help themselves, but, like, react. he was just very uncomfortable yeah, yeah. and had to just verbally just react to yeah. it to be like, nah, I yeah. don't like that. And my theory on why the movie got that reaction or the the trailer got that reaction is that it's presented as again like a john hughes type movie like hey they're just teens trying to figure figure themselves out while these dopey his parents were a little little less dopey Dopey but like the the adults in school were like that um and so that mainstreaming of a gay movie as opposed to it being Brokeback Mountain where the characters are suffering and dying because they're gay. Sure. Like, or if there's uh, just clearly a gay character who's just there for like comedy. A token, yeah. Um, I don't feel like people would get upset about that right. <laughs> in a preview. So yeah, that's what my theory is. The strong reaction that it got was because of the tone of the trailer being, this is mainstream now, yeah. everyone. Yeah. And so I... I really liked the trailer for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the trailer was great. I know, agreed. <laughs> I would rate the trailer higher than the movie. Me too. And uh, I wish that it had delivered better on the promise of this is going to be a really good teen dramedy. Oh, and you know, it actually has to do with the coming out story. Like, that's interesting. You know, as opposed to just like, I think that they just put all their eggs in the coming out part and kind of let the teen, <laughs> teen movie or teen dramedy part. Uh, just fall by the wayside. Yeah. I, I re- really enjoyed, as cheesy as it was, I really enjoyed the Ferris wheel visual. Uh-huh. N- not necessarily so much in the, you know, it's a little bit of the, like, roller coaster up and down when he's just talking about it in um, that cliche in his emails. Mm-hmm. You know, feeling sometimes he feels like he's on top of the world, sometimes he feels uh-huh. like he's at the bottom. But I appreciated the that they could use it at the end... I, I thought that it was a great physical or visual for w- what it feels like for him mm-hmm. in this moment, mm-hmm. coming out to all of his classmates, yeah. <laughs> getting, you know, a high schooler, getting onto a Ferris wheel that's really meant for couples by himself, uh-huh. and just going round and round and round, completely exposed to everybody, and hoping that there's, you know, some people out there who... <laughs> support his effort and that maybe someone will join him you know I could imagine being a high schooler and how terrified you are of really sticking out or I guess by the end of high school you're kind of learning how to do that Mm -hmm. but I certainly wasn't so brave to do something like that um I just thought it was a good visual yeah yeah and it was directed well I thought yeah I agree my uh guess as to who was blue was the blonde football player that Abby has him checking out. Because ah. during the um, scene where... Oh, the, that would have been really satisfying. Yeah. During the scene with the two guys making fun of him at lunch, that guy was, like, visibly agitated and, like, 
Oh really? I'm I didn't gonna, even see yeah. him. Yeah, he, he was like, he, he was about to like get up there, or like that's what his body language showed. Like, oh, oh man, dude, that like, would these have guys. been so satisfying. I would have liked that, but because like, yeah, he didn't. And he's a football player. Yeah, and it would explain a little bit more why he was more hesitant, hesitant to yeah. come. Right, right. So yeah, oh I, man, I felt like from a um, if we're talking about like mystery tropes standpoint, each time he puts aside. Maybe it's this person, you know, like in the same way that like a, a detective theorizes about what the motive of this one suspect is and then like kind of like puts them aside. Once yeah. they're put aside, that's in, in those type of movies, that's when it is no longer in the question. Right. So I get that they're trying to twist it as like, you know, sometimes gay people, sometimes gay guys kiss girls. But just from a mystery standpoint, I, I thought that was a little bit of like, oh, wait, so... It was, the, a, it was the a guy pink that, herring. The guy that we were told <laughs> is not the guy. It was the guy. Uh, not very yeah, clever. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, not that this movie needs to be, like, a very cleverly plotted movie. Yeah. Um, but I just thought that was also a weakness. I felt felt less satisfied with that reveal yeah, than I wanted yeah, to. I agree. Though I liked that guy. So at yeah. least there was that. Yeah. Like, oh, well, <laughs> I like you. Right. <laughs> what did you think of... Uh, the plot point of his friends feeling betrayed by him. I liked it. I think, again, it was. I, <laughs> it maybe was done in a way I didn't love so much, but I appreciated that they all kind of had to go through this exercise of empathy. Mm-hmm. You know, like each one of them had to do that. So sure, it's a little contrived that each person very neatly got hurt by everybody. You know, yeah. but man. His his friend who's in love with him, that one's the one that's the the most heartbreaking for me. Yeah. And then she like and then I know what they were doing at the end with like they're the four that are in the car and she's in the front seat and she's his best friend. But then in the last like <laughs> montage of that, she gets out of the front seat so yeah. that <laughs> his new boyfriend can sit next to him and she goes and sits in the back yeah. with the cuddly couple. Yeah. I was like, this is a little humiliating for her. Yeah. I feel like we need to have the sequel, what to do when you've been in love with your gay best friend right. for that long. Well, actually, they did make that sequel. Actually, it was a, it was a sequel that they made before this movie. It's called Lady Bird. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> same tone, same quality of writing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. No, I agree. That, that moment was awkward and it was i think a combination for me of we have not seen this character for like 90 minutes the bra bram or his uh, blue the guy who's blue mm-hmm. we haven't seen him for like the majority of the movie so it's like whoa okay you're back and wow okay now the character that we are most familiar with our main character simon is now kissing you okay uh i, I guess that's just how the movie ends and then, but then also yeah this character that we know a lot better than blue and who we love a lot kicked off and are very sympathetic see in a, in a way that we don't at all like seem to need to care about but like <laughs> we just do it was care so, symbolic. so it was directed yeah. weird strangely it was a it was. strange direction choice it was okay so one thing that i think would really have made the final like ferris wheel scene better is if um when brahms does come up um and it's like wait 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 can I join you? If he was like, I'm blue, bubba dee, bubba die, 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 da da dee, da da die, da 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 die. 
<laughs> no, that would have been better. You're right. <laughs> that would have felt more authentic. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> well, we've done a good job punching up the movie, I think. <laughs> Make it the blonde football player that's blue. Yes. Hire a different writer for the dialogue. And have a absurdist non sequitur as the <laughs> very last scene. And don't put the word asshole in it. Yeah, rude. <laughs> Three beeps. Thank you. <laughs> I already have a very short turnaround for this edit, so I really appreciate it. Thank you. I hope you were taking notes on the time code on this so that it will be uh, less time consuming. <laughs> <laughs> Please, David. How long does it take you to edit these podcasts? Ooh, peek behind the curtain. <laughs> uh, it takes... Or is that too boring and technical for no, you to no, talk it, about? It takes an hour on average. Oh. There you go, folks. Heard it here first. How far away from, are we from ice cream? Guys, guess what? It's probably around 18 degrees outside. <laughs> and we're going to an ice cream parlor. Cherry Hill Ice Cream Parlor. We'll plug them. So, David, now that we've discussed for a very long time, and it was heated and raw, how do you feel? Do you love Simon, or do you just sort of like him? You go first. You know, I, I've i been... Recently, I've really been um, sticking to my original mm-hmm. scores, and I think I'm going to again. Mm-hmm. I liked it enough to not go below a five. And five feels a little harsh to me, but I am not going over a six. It's a, it's a tricky one. I I guess the fact that it's didn't maintain a consistent level of quality is enough for me to look back on it at this point and say, okay, I'll shave off a a half point. So I'm going to go down to six point five. All right, guys. That's a wrap. See, this is why we have to stop at a place. David, you know how to say goodbye even if we're not stopped in the if the car hasn't stopped yet. How do I say that? We're gonna say it right now, okay? Um, on the count of three, we're both gonna say goodbye, okay? Wait, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Are you ready now? Okay, start. One, two, three. Goodbye. Goodbye.